Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we're going to have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is help focus your sales team on the right things. We're also going to be having a chat with Christina. We're going to be talking about the way business is changing. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Rani Gander, from, who's a partner with Turnbull Hill Lawyers. We're going to be talking about commercial leasing. Good afternoon, Rani. Good afternoon, Julian. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, uh, we, we had fun last year and we're starting the new year again. Yes. So, so what is a commercial lease? A commercial lease refers to a lease of commercial property. So examples of this could be office space, industrial units, worksheds, warehouses, retail shops, whether they're in a, a shopping centre or not, um, workyards, storage sheds, basically anything that's non-residential property. So, so how long is a normal commercial lease? Look, generally there are no restrictions on the terms of the lease, but it has to be fixed with certainty. So for common is somewhere between two to five years, and then there might be some options for the lease to go longer, but it will be for a fixed term. So uh, one of the things that I suppose people do is they, they add options in there to, uh, to make sure that they can continue in a property. So if you're starting a new business, you may not want to commit to a long lease because you're not sure how well that business will go, but you also mm. want to make sure that if it does go well, you don't have to relocate in two years. So you might have a lease term for two years and then have another option of two years or two years and another two years. So you know you can be there for six years. And one of the things I think that's important with options is you need to know when you need to renew it. Absolutely. Yes, and the lease will set that out. Yeah, because sometimes uh, I know businesses do get caught. They didn't realise, hey, I've got to got to renew it a, a couple of months before or whatever, as you say, the lease says. Um, yes. Can a, can a tenant assign the lease or sublease without the landlord's consent? Um, generally under the law, yes, they can, but most commercial leases will contain a term that requires landlord consent. If we're looking um, at it from a tenant's point of view, we try and make sure the word uh, that that consent can't unreasonably be withheld. So as long as you're assigning to someone who has a, a strong financial history, then the argument is that the, the landlord can't unreasonably withhold consent to assign that lease. Yes, because I suppose the, if you assigned it to anybody and uh, they weren't able to pay, there could be a problem. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, so what is a security deposit? A security deposit is typically an, an amount equivalent to one to two months' rent, which is deposited by the tenant to secure, um, as far as money can, their performance under the obligation. So similar to if you were to rent a residential property, you'd have to pay a bond. A security deposit is done under a commercial lease and um, it can either be lodged, if it's a retail lease, it'll be lodged um with the bond board or if it's a commercial lease generally just given to the landlord who um, is able to use it but will have to return that um, security deposit at the end of the lease. And while we're talking commercial leases, unlike residential ones, normally the uh, 
the uh, tenant has to pay the the cost of the lease, don't they? Unless it's a retail lease. So if it's a retail lease, then the owner um, has to pay. But if it's okay. a commercial lease uh, and not under the Retail Lease Act, then yes, the the tenant usually pays. And they're usually looking around about a thousand dollars, something like that, aren't they? It's bumped up a little bit more okay. than that, so yeah. I, I think you're probably going to look at about 1800 Okay, because it's important, I think, when people first going in to a commercial premises, they realise they're up for all these money before they start. Yes, yep. So if a commercial building gets a new owner, can the new owner renegotiate the existing lease? No, unless the tenant is a willing negotiator. So the lease is often, if it's more than three years, it's going to be registered um, on the the title of the property, and it runs with the property. So um, if you purchase a commercial building with an existing lease, the term of which extends into your ownership, then you own the property subject to the lease. Um, if the tenant, maybe if there's one year left on the lease, the tenant may be willing to negotiate because they want to stay there longer. Um, but if they're not willing to negotiate, then you are with that lease, which is why if you're buying a commercial property, that lease needs to be attached to the contract of sale. So you can make sure. Yeah, because I suppose the previous owner may have uh, negotiated a low rent or something like that, and you can't come in and, and up it until the end of the lease. Exactly. And if it's yeah. got a lot of options on it, you may be stuck with that rent for yeah. four to five years. Yeah, great. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time again. We'll have a thanks. chat with you again another time. Great. Thanks, Julian. Thanks, Bye. Rani. Bye-bye. Rani Gunder there from Turnbull Hill Lawyers, the importance of commercial leasing and just be aware there is costs involved in going into leasing. And you're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM. It's coming up to 19 minutes past one. Time to have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is all the challenges that businesses are having at the moment, depending on which areas they're in. There are bushfires and uh, floods and yeah. and, and we've got the virus now. And yeah. I think one of the things we need to talk about is the fact that business is always changing anyway and sometimes we have more challenges than others. That's right. And we've started this year with um, every challenge almost um, imaginable. So the you know, the fires devastated whole communities. Um, the communities got together. Australia as a community got together and the global community got together and supported that. Then the devastating floods that have, you know, mm. also come and, and sometimes to the same areas as the fires had, had ravaged. Yeah. Uh, and that's just totally, you know, tragic and heartbreaking. And now we're faced every day with new figures, new numbers around the coronavirus. Mm. Um, so businesses are, are absolutely being affected in big ways. So we've got small businesses in community areas um, missing out on trade because people aren't passing through. Um, we've got people, you know, avoiding travel altogether because of flood and fire. And now we've got people avoiding travel because of the virus. And I found mm. out this morning that a huge conference that was to be held in Sydney um, has been cancelled. It's to be held in Sydney in a couple of weeks. I won't say which one it is, mm. um, but it's been cancelled due to the coronavirus. And I'm wondering how many more examples of that will happen. And there's lots of local businesses that will suffer because of that. You know, there's there's companies that have been put on hold for catering and audiovisual and things like that um, that won't, you know, that will be missing income. But then you feel for that. Like we've put on festivals. I've put on quite a few mm. festivals in my time. And I think, my goodness, 
it's 12 months solid work to yeah, put yeah. on an event like that yeah. um, and, and that lost opportunity. But, and, you know, all and, these things... And no amount of addressing that sort of stuff, even when you do risk analysis and look at the potential huh. risks, the things that have happened really, you probably would not have predicted. Yeah, that's right, and you couldn't predict them. And, you know, yeah. you, you just you don't know... Um, you don't know how to react to that anyway, really, at, at the end of the day. It's it's absolutely mm. huge. Mm. Um, so, But, you know, there's conferences, tourism industries across the globe that are, are being affected. And, you know, the naysayers are having a failed day uh, mm. with all that information. Um, the more positive thinkers amongst us are absolutely reeling from the tragedies, but also... For myself, for one, I'm in total awe of the good that it's bringing out in a lot of people. Mm. Business is changing. You know, we're, we're going where it's about loyalty from customers now. Mm. Um, and it's about operating with purpose, which we've spoken about before. It's about a focus on sustainability. It's having regard for the environment. It's thinking about the footprint that you leave from the moment you order a product to the delivery of the product. Um, I think small business is actually... There's no better time to be in small business, which may be a funny thing to say to some small business owners, but there's a, a, a return to focus on quality and there's a movement away from mass production. Mm. Um, we're seeking things that are unique. We're seeking things that are made with, you know, a bit of love and affection and care and consideration. The fashion industry has been called out big time. Um, it's the next one to, it's, it's the next mining iteration. So all the waste um, that happens in the yeah. fashion industry, yeah. but that's being that's being addressed. I've got um, there's an amazing group from Newcastle actually called or business called Choose Your Animal, and they make yoga tights. In each pair of yoga tights, they use 11 recycled plastic bottles, um, and they've got different animal prints on them. So I bought the dog print, um, and part of the profits from that pair of yoga tights goes to dog rescue. So there's businesses operating with absolute purpose um, and intent, and paying back you know, using, being environmentally friendly, and it's all possible. Um, mm. And you can trace these things back now through QR codes, using blockchain technologies. I actually think that the QR code is coming into its own now with all the um, the tracing back of where, where we want things to, we want to know things. That's an interesting blockchain. comment you make because uh, I've always seen up and QR, QR codes going up and down and never know, know whether they really would take off. Yeah, well, I think I think we find a, we've found a purpose for it now. Potentially, you know, mm. um, like I really love pointing my camera um, on my phone at my computer and having an app automatically come on. I mean, that makes my life so much easier. Um, you know, business is changing. I think it, it, it's growing heart. Uh, I think we're connecting to customers through purpose. I think that the Davos Manifesto that came out um, that you know followed the Business Roundtable. Um, manifesto that came out last year in the US um, that was signed by 180 CEOs of top corporations, the Davos Manifesto, all pointing towards the customer being important as opposed to the shareholder. And when you do that, you're looking at, at more than just the bottom line profit. Um, and and so, again, this is where small business can really excel is uh, in their customer service uh, and, and their adaption quickly to events rather than large organisations which may have big teams where they're not necessarily getting good customer service and take a long time to react. That's true. But you know what, Julian, if you take it all back, at the end of the day, everything is operated by a person, whether it's a large team or a yep. small team. Yep. A large team is made up of people, a small mm. team is made mm. up of people. So it's the people that set the tone for what that large team or large organisation is going to do. We, you know, we can actually get lost in, um, in the thought that the corporation's too big, we can't do anything, we're powerless, which is 
You know, incorrect, really, because everything is a ripple effect at a smaller level. So if we really want to have a voice in something, um, it's, it's how, the, how the management and how the top end actually sets things up. We spoke about that last week, mm. how the culture of an organisation is actually reflected, like the leader's attitude to things is reflected, um, you know, throughout the organisation. And I think we mentioned, you know, at Tesla, Musk's got a, a, a work ethos that is just go, go, go. We're chasing the end goal. Somebody like Tony Shea at Zappos was more, hey, it's all a balance. We've got to look after each other. Let's love each other. Um, the relationships were the most important thing, you know. So, And mm. n- there's nothing to say that, that one is right and the other is wrong because if we don't have the musks of the world trying, you know, almost crazy things at, at times um, to solve the energy and the environmental crisis, there's not going to be room for the relationships mm-hmm. that Zappos wants to wants to foster and look after. Um, and I, but I also think that face to face, and again we mentioned it last week, that face to face communication um, that we were potentially mm-hmm. in danger of moving away from uh, was reflected. You know, as I mentioned last week, through Google. Mm-hmm. You know, Google they've got Hangouts. They still choose to ride bikes across campuses. And I think for us, um, it, it's you know visiting those devastated bushfire, um, you know, areas and spending money, you Mm. know, going and having a cup of coffee Mm. in the coffee shop because you know that that there's not that many people going through. So it's all that human element and it's that buying with purpose, serving with purpose. I think we're going to speak more and more um, with our wallets as we progress into the 21st century. I think we are going to become more human-centred, more environmentally focused. There's B Corp, organisations with conscious capitalism, so organisations like these are, um, are coming to the fore. You know, people all of a sudden want to be B Corp certified because mm. it shows that they, that they care about um, community, they care about the end result of everything that they do. And I'm talking about organisations that map things, you know, to the delivery of, of an item to your door. They've actually measured yeah. the carbon footprint of picking that up from the plane dropping it at your door, you know, what it costs to actually make it, the, the labour that's involved. There's people that are measuring every step of the way and what I think that, that carbon footprint is. I think those things you're talking about there highlights a couple of areas that businesses really do need to be, and that's focused on the technology that's available to them and having systems in place. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it is, you know, and that's what technology does. It gives mm. us options for systems mm. uh, and I think we're, that's the other thing that's also coming to the fore. We used to talk a lot about you know AI, 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 data, data, data and it was trendy to say the words and know what the words were um, but now we're realising what the benefit of mm. data is and we're realising the benefit of collecting it and, and where AI does play a major right. role and how yeah. it, it can free us up okay. um, yeah. yeah, to be able to do other things. Well thanks very much for your time again and uh, we'll have another chat next week. My pleasure. Look forward to it, Julian. Have Thank a great you. week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with, uh, yeah, business is changing. Um, sad to have all of these uh, tragedies that are happening to businesses at the moment, but uh, many of those businesses are soldiering on, and next week we've got a couple of examples of some of those ones that have. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. It's uh, 28 minutes to 2, time for our Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one is help focus your sales team on the right things. Sales executives often talk about how salespeople spend too much of their time with existing customers rather than focusing on high potential prospects. Redirect your sales efforts by asking six questions. 
Firstly, do salespeople know what's important? Communicate exactly how you want people to spend their time. Secondly, do salespeople have the information they need? Give them the data to match product offerings to customer needs. Thirdly, do salespeople have the competencies required? Train people on how to find and qualify buyers, describe the product's competitive advantage and convince customers to buy. Fourthly, are salespeople motivated? They need to perceive value for their efforts, career success, recognition, personal satisfaction, money or all of the above. Fifthly, do salespeople have enough bandwidth? If not, consider creating specialised teams that find new clients while others support existing relationships. And finally, do salespeople have the right characteristics? Look for natural sellers who can learn the industry. So it's interesting points there. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at commercial leasing and the way business is changing. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, Kimberly Claire Campbell, a digital advisor at the Hunter Region Business Hub, will give you some ideas if you're facing some challenges in your business. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Johann Wolfgang von Goethe once said, knowing is not enough, we must apply. Wishing is not enough, we must do. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.